0: Welcome to The Soapbox. My name is Chris Kraft.
1: And I'm Micah Davis. We want to have conversations spanning everything from philosophy to finance, and we want you to join us.
0: Our goal on this podcast is to share new perspectives on old ideas, and we hope you enjoy today's episode. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Soapbox. Super excited to have you on tonight, and Mike and I are... I always say we're really excited to talk about something, but I'm going to give a little backstory real quick before we get started, because we, we just to let you know how we do these. We don't do any kind of planning. There's there's yeah, no, no script. Uh-huh. There's no uh, there's no there's pretty much a hey Michael, what do you want to talk about, and then we hit record, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. So that's why it's conversation style. It's what we wanted to do, we we didn't want something highly scripted. We wanted something entertaining that you could tie into. So I, I kind of want to start with the story. About eight years ago, uh, my dad passed away at 55 years old. Very suddenly, didn't expect it. And my wife and I were his youth pastors, were my parents' youth pastors. Uh, They were pastors. We were their youth pastors for about five years. And so then after he passed away, we moved to the city we're at now here in Alabaster. And we we really didn't want to go back into ministry. And uh, it was was hard enough with my dad passing away, but then with him being a pastor, I, I... I don't know. It's hard to describe. I mean, after you're your dad's youth pastor for a while as you are now, yeah, you, you don't, um, you don't, nobody else lines up. Right. Yeah. So we took about a year off and then out of the blue, this random guy from my past contacts me, and his name was Mark Davis. And we're not going to go into too many specifics, but this happens to be relevant to what we're talking about today, and what we'll talk about in the future. Many exactly. Times. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, Mark, Mark is his it, name I mean, will come up. Mark is Mike's dad, so there's cer- there's certain people we can't get away from calling names. So Mark uh, contacts me over Facebook, says, "Hey, basically, hey Chris, I've been watching you for the last year. I'm impressed with how you've handled your dad's death on social media and just kind of the person you're becoming. I'd like to talk to you about becoming our youth pastor." And I told my wife, and this is some full disclosure on the podcast here, but I told my wife, I said, there's only three people that I could see going back into ministry with, and Mark Davis is on that list. He's always been a role model of mine, always been one of those guys I've respected from afar. So he, here's where we're going with this today. I came to visit our church, Christian Life Fellowship, in in, in the city of Calera, a small little church, on January 1st, 2012. And what Mark had told me is he said, Chris, we're not the normal church, which first of all, that mattered to me because I didn't want a normal church, right? I wanted wanted the vision that I could tie into. And when he told me that the church focused on the outcast, it focused on those specifically in recovery from addictions and things like that, it really struck a chord with me because a lot of churches, even though they may have ministries like that, it's kind of, it tends to be those who aren't, in recovery, ministering to those who are in recovery. So when I walk right. in on a Sunday morning and I'm walking in with my coffee, everybody's got coffee, we're shorts and earrings and tattoos and everything else, I go, this church is doing what Jesus said to do is go out into the highways and byways and compel them to come in and ministering to people where they're at. So I fell in love, and that was eight years ago, and we're still here. All right, Mike is now the youth pastor of the church. My wife and I, Laura, we still minister at the church, but we specifically wanted to do a podcast today talking about the idea of addiction and recovery right and, and so Michael, you've had a you've had a front row seat to this right so yeah. I don't necessarily just want to go into the whole experience of CLF because I do want to dive into some of the heart issues and brain issues that we can have with some of this mm-hmm. but would you share some of your experience with what did you see early days and what have you seen over the years when it comes to addiction and recovery? and what people walk through um, kind of coming in to the church like this.
1: Well, addiction I think is dangerous for a lot of different reasons, but especially from a spiritual heart issue. Like, the thing that you see most often with people who struggle with addiction is first of all, you see addiction everywhere when you start recognizing what addiction actually is at its heart so we talk about addiction like it has to do with drugs or like it has to do with alcohol but I mean addiction can be to anything pornography sex you can be addicted to being angry or complaining you can be addicted to video games and 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 board games you can be addicted to your job you can be addicted to anything and so I think being at CLF and having that mindset and 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 being around people who struggle with with drugs and alcohol a lot of times there come a lot of self-esteem issues Mm -hmm. there come a lot of self-image issues where either they think too highly of themselves or you think too low of yourself Mm -hmm. and i think seeing that leads into an addiction not the other way around where the addiction causes the self-image problems um but i think that's why we're also prone to some kind of addictive behavior toward whatever it is that draws us um I mean, I've seen people that, you know, they're addicted to music festivals, and they just can't miss a, a, a festival, so they're always broke, and then they complain about being broke, and it's like, well, you could lay off Bonnaroo once, like, you know, it's just, a, I mean, it's a two, you know, I think Bonnaroo's a hundred dollar festival for, like, three days, like, it's a hundred bucks you save, and so it's just something that addiction. I don't want us to get into the box of thinking of addiction in the terms of only drugs and alcohol because those are the two that are most prevalent and common nowadays, especially mm-hmm. with co- commercials for Bradford and other places like that kind of everywhere. I don't want to get caught up in thinking, first of all, that addiction is only a substance issue there that's because great. that's not what I've seen at CLF, that's not been the experience. That I've had, and that a lot of people I I would assume have had in CLF, is that it doesn't matter what you're addicted to, it's dangerous
0: regardless. Exactly. And if I remember the, I don't want to say catchphrase, but if I remember one of the phrases of one of our recovery programs that we have at church, I think it's that it's for anybody who has addictions when it comes to hurts, habits, or hangups, if I remember that correctly. So it doesn't really matter. You're right, what we're addicted to. And that's really where we wanted to go with this podcast today. And again, we didn't talk too much about it ahead of time. Yeah. But it is really interesting when you're at a church that focuses so much on recovery. And um, I, I, I had someone ask me early, when we were in the search for a youth pastor, and it's funny because we already knew you were coming when they asked <laughs> me this. But they said, Chris, would you want somebody from the outside coming in, or would you rather somebody from the inside? And my response to her, because I couldn't tell her that it was you, right? but, so, <laughs> but my response was very true. I said all I care about is that the person understands the recovery process from addictions. Again, not just drug addictions, not just alcohol addictions, but the idea of the process. It's hard to have a church that's focused on that and then a youth pastor that comes in who has no clue. Yeah. Right? So when it comes to addictions and and again this podcast in case you're catching one of the early episodes is to focus new thoughts on old ideas big and and the old idea i think sometimes we have to battle old ideas though because yeah. we can get ideas in our head and not we're not going back to greek times here right yeah but 21st century america we can get a stereotype and think if somebody struggles with addictions they don't realize that struggling with a hidden addiction there was a there's a sermon i did one time called camouflage chains just because you can't see my chains doesn't mean i don't have them yeah right drugs and alcohol may be the most outwardly uh, visible ones but I do like what you were saying about it being a heart issue. And I know that I kind of rambled a little bit, but I'd like you to speak a little more to that. When it comes to what, what would you say? And again, I, I want to give one more preface here. Micah and I have not dealt with drug or alcohol addictions ourselves, but we've dealt with other kinds of addictions. I've As dealt- everyone will. As everyone has, and everyone will. I've dealt with food addictions. I've I've dealt with, um, with 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 some other things over the years that we won't get into here. But the point is, we all have experienced some of this. So I want to make sure we're starting from the same level ground here. So speak to the idea of it being being a head problem and a heart problem, not just a substance problem. What what are some of the causes that could come? Because of course, human nature, right? That that there, there are some easy answers. But let's let's dig into it a little bit here. What what are some of the causes, and what are the things that could? What are the roots? of the seeds of addiction.
1: I think some of it has to do with, um, first of all, I I, I believe whenever there's a major problem like addiction, that it typically comes down to a, a failure somewhere in your belief system about yourself, about God or about the world. Um, those three things are so key in the way that you interact with other people Um, and the way you treat your body and the way you treat yourself and the way that you um, kind of, I guess, interact in in between areas, you know, where you're not really like outwardly expressing towards other people, but you're also kind of not really keeping completely to yourself. Um, I guess that'd be the integrity part of being the same person everywhere. And I think that whenever we have a... First of all, our negative, a negative view of God, we, think, we tend to think that he's going to come down on us, right? And so we get this whole, you know, oh, no, the world is, is a dangerous place. And so typically we tend to retreat to escapism. That's where I think maybe some entertainment addictions and stuff like that can come in.
0: Which could also be where it starts. Yeah. So it could very easily start. With a simple, I need to get away. Right. I need to escape. I need to have a drink. I need to tap something. And just anything like that, that's where it could start. Right. It's kind of where you ruin.
1: it. And the escapism, I think, is not just escape from one of these things, but it could be an escape from all three. It could be escape from two. It could be escape from from one of each. Um, Sometimes you want to get away from yourself, right? And so that's why this is just what I've heard from high schoolers and everything. But a lot of times people say, you know, they drink because they're a different person when they drink. So you're trying to escape from yourself. You're trying to get away from the person that you are. Um, Some people say, you know, they play video games just to blow off some steam. It's like, well, you're trying to escape reality then because you're not dealing with your emotions or your issues. You're just playing League and taking it out on people online that you'll never see. Which we've both seen that over the years,
0: both of us being gamers. I've done it. So, (laughs) I mean, I
1: yeah, like you said, both of us have struggled with our own problems and, um, you know, I'm not going to claim that my addictions have ever had the same stranglehold on me because we know that drugs and alcohol can be like a chemically addictive substance, whereas video games aren't necessarily chemically addictive, even though they release those chemicals in your brain. They don't have that same pull um but it it's an addiction nonetheless and and it's unhealthy nonetheless so um yeah i think whenever those three things are either in conflict with each other or out of balance your yourself the world and god some people for instance think that the world is out to get them so what do they do they drink to get the anxiety to go down or they they i I've, I've had you know friends and people who just say oh i'm just going to smoke a little pot to try to you know get over my anxiety and it's like but what happens when you come down right You know, and and I think that's the scary part about addictions. For all addictions, is that, you know, yeah, it feels good to play Rocket League in the moment, but what happens when you have to go face real life again? Mm -hmm. You know, what happens when you're when you're having to face life again after you've binge watched the entire the entire series of Stranger Things? Like, Mm -hmm. you have to come back to reality and quote unquote come down off the high eventually, and that's when your issues just start to show again.
0: It's so true, and and I was thinking about this a minute ago because. So often people want to blame the thing or they want to get rid of the emotion. But when you were talking about escapism, I, I had two or three thoughts that, that have left me now. But let, let's talk real quick about the emotion because many, many times what it ends up being is I, I love the idea of it being escapism. But we're usually trying to numb something. Right. right? Or we're trying to fill a void Somewhere, so I would say most likely. And again, those, those who are in recovery that that are in the process, li- even listening to this, please join the conversation and let us know. And shoot us an email. Your yeah, experience. Yeah, please shoot us an email at soapboxesmedia@gmail.com. Uh, please join the conversation and comment. So you can leave a comment through Anchor through the through the company that we're with. So please join the conversation because we'd love to hear it from your side. We're just we're again providing a perspective here, but here here's the perspective that I want to challenge a little bit. Is because we tend to think that addictions fix something. Yeah, right. That that's how we begin. We begin to think that a thing, a a, a emotion, whether it be sex, whether it be, it could even be reading uh, romantic novels. There's some women and girls that can get attached to reading romantic novels and it becomes such an addiction it affects their marriage. Yeah, right. Um, that there was a time where there was a time where binge watching wasn't a thing. Yeah. And now it's literally become a clinical term that, that, and same thing with video games. People now clinically said you can be addicted to video games and it can be a clinical disease. I'm like, we're trying to name something that is simply, and I say simply very loosely, right. but it's <laughs> simply a lack of discipline and self control at its heart. At the heart of the issue is, I don't want to. Either put in the effort or I don't know how to fix something in my life, whether it be a lack of self esteem, whether it be a relationship problem. So that turns us to an escape. And so because we either don't want to or don't know how to discipline ourselves and put some self control, put some boundaries in place, it gets out of control. Right. Because normally, and this is just what I've seen in the recovery community, when you're with the right association, you can tackle addiction. If you leave the right association, your addiction will take control again. It's so 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 important if you're struggling with any type of addiction to get help. And so many of us don't want to do that, right? No, so many of us know. don't want to go to marriage counseling. Mm-hmm. We don't want to have a sponsor. We don't want to we don't want to have that accountability. And what I'll tell you is you, most likely, and at least this is the case with me with my food addiction, I can't do it by myself. I've tried. I can convince myself and I can will power my way out of it for the first tw- 2 weeks and then all of a sudden something happens and my emotions go and usually your emotions trigger some kind of relapse doesn't have to be a full relapse but it could just be in a slight emotional for a time right Right. so I think it's really important that we find the root cause I guess is really what we're talking about in our conversation here what's the root cause how can we get down to I mean first of all how do we tackle it Mm -hmm. but honestly I don't even want to go there right how do we safeguard against it right and, and, and I think part of that is what you were talking about a minute ago is to increase our self self-esteem to get around the right association, have the right views of God and things like that. And, uh, and we're going to talk in another podcast this afternoon that we're going to record about the book, just do something by Kevin DeYoung. And he talks about when you have an incorrect belief system or a view of God, it can radically mess you up in a lot of ways. Yeah. So that's really one thing that we can do with that. So when it comes to addiction, Micah, you, you've talked that it can very easily be an escape thing. It can very easily be a heart. Let's talk about it being a heart thing and and some of the ways that if we're struggling with it, um, <laughs> I had somebody ask me this weekend, they said, because we were talking about relationships and how valuing people is so important, and I had a young lady ask me, she said, Chris, I'm kind of a cold-hearted person. How do I break that? And I said, i got to be honest. I'm going to have the most boring answer in the world. It's read, listen, and associate. If you don't have the right view of God, it's reading scripture, listening to sermons and getting counsel and associating with the right people. So a lot of the fixing a view of ourself, and go and correct me if I'm wrong, and you can speak a little bit to this, but I think a lot of the ways to safeguard against addiction and even to pull us out of it is those three things, is those three things in the right areas. So, right. so maybe speak to a minute how you see that building our spiritual life can help us safeguard against addictions and pull us out of it specifically in our spiritual lives
1: i think specifically in our spiritual lives i've had the experience myself that the more time that i spend reading the less time i spend doing whatever my addiction is interesting so something that i've tried to do here now recently especially you know trying to learn more and become a more well-rounded Christian as well as you know knowing both sides of an issue right now there's a, there's a particular issue that I'm kind of working with because it came up recently on Twitter and it's not a huge thing that's really shaking my face but it's something i like I've never thought about that before and I think that it's something that I want to tackle not because I'm doubting the doctrine that I know but because I want to know both sides better good. but taking that and wanting to grow in my spiritual life leaves very little room for me to play rocket league for five hours straight it leaves very little room for me to uh binge watch chopped for you know eight hours straight it leaves very little room for me to try to do those things that i know that i'm prone to losing my self-control over because i'm like there's this question in the back of my mind and i need to answer this question and you know what that question doesn't get answered unless i start reading Mm -hmm. and researching it and so i think that um, when it comes to trying to in our spiritual lives gain a little bit more self control, I agree with a read, listen, and uh, read, listen and associate. I agree with those things very wholeheartedly. You know, you, if you if you're around people who won't let you near a drink, you're not going to drink. <laughs> if you're reading a lot, you're not going to be looking at much porn. If you're uh, listening to a bunch of audios, you're not going to be listening to that music that takes you back to your. Hippie days. I mean, you know, like I know there's a lot of times where I start hearing old songs and it's like, boy, it's triggering those old feelings. Mm -hmm. And it's like mm, it's dragging me back down to that place that I don't need to go. And but I can't hear those old songs if I'm listening to podcasts, you know, and so I'm kind of almost um, filling that space with something that's more important, that's greater and that doesn't leave much room for the addiction to crawl in. And then the other thing that I would add to read, listen, and associate is practice. Mm. And I'm not talking about if you're an alcoholic, go to a bar and see how (laughs) long you can hold out. (laughs) (laughs) That's not what I'm talking about. Please don't do that, okay? I don't know how many times I have to say for you not to do that, but I don't want you to do that. (laughs) What I'm talking about with practice is practice the things you're replacing the addiction with. Mm. So if I'm reading my Bible, And I am in Ephesians, Ephesians chapter four and Ephesians chapter four thirty-two. be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. What do I need to
0: practice? Not looking at porn or being kind and compassionate. Uh, So you're talking about changing your focus from the problems you have. Yes. Into what you're reading, practicing that stuff.
1: As much as you can. That's awesome. Because I know, believe me, guys. I, I know what it's like to have something that gnaws at the back of your head and you're just wanting to, you know, give in to that temptation of whatever addiction it is you deal with. But if you will try and I'm not, I'm I'm still not perfect at this, but if we will try all together to make the community, okay, you know, let's not talk about, you know, how hard it was not to smoke this week. Let's talk about the things that we implemented from our scripture reading, from the books that we're reading, from, you know, how much guitar did I practice this week? How much time did I spend, you know, preparing for worship on Sunday? I'm thinking about the positive things that are going into my life right now and the things that are keeping, that, that aren't for keeping me away from my addiction, but
0: help in that sense That's and are awesome. for my higher purpose. What Tommy Newberry in the Eight principle would call that is the law of replacement. Yeah. Right? You've had this, and now all of a sudden we're going to replace that with something that is good, pleasing, and perfect. As Romans 12.2 talks about, Philippians 4.8, we use a lot of biblical principles in this. One last thing I want to put in, then we need to start kind of tying this episode up, is in Kevin DeYoung's book, Just Do Something, he says made the statement that's really good. He says, we were not created to be bored and dissatisfied. Mm. And personally, I see a lot of addictions begin because people are bored. Yes. Or they're dissatisfied. I honestly believe that the reason that a lot of addictions begin and even continue is because there's no purpose or vision in in an individual's life. If they had a deep enough vision, something that drove them, uh, if they had a hobby like playing guitar or something that really, it was a passion, it was that drove them, they wouldn't have to go find something to do. It's not in the Bible necessarily, right? but it's just a statement an idle hands, idle hands are the devil's workshop. So we weren't created to be bored. We were created for a purpose, but in our culture today, it's almost become it's become retro to have a vision. Yeah, it's become normal to just be bored and passionless, right. And unfortunately, a lot of our vi- a lot of our addictions can rob that vision from us, whether it be family, whether it be a charity that you want to give to. You need to find something that fires you up. Passion, I've heard it described by John Maxwell and Stephen Covey, is something you love and something you hate. Mm. So something you love, you absolutely love. Like for me, I love education. Mm -hmm. I love learning and I love teaching. That's something that I adore. I hate marriages breaking up. Yeah. I hate friendships being misinterpreted. I hate bad and poor communication. So things like that, that's the passions I have. Therefore, like you said, Let's replace some of the damaging things with some of those things and practice them. I love that idea. So, so go and give me a couple more thoughts, and we'll we'll tie this episode up.
1: Oh, uh, well, I really only have one last thing to say, and that's that empty space gets filled somehow. That's awesome. Um, and if you have a lot of empty time on your hands, chances are it's not going to go to good stuff if you're not intentional
0: about it. That's very true. That's very true. And the last thing I'm gonna put in is make sure that you associate with the right group of people. That I yes. you, I can't ever I can never remember a case of a girl in our transitional home for women that relapsed who stayed around the association and refused and made a commitment to stay and didn't associate with the other people, those girls don't leave. And
1: that takes so much courage because you know how tough it is to let go of your pride and go ahead and, no, I'm gonna tough this out, I know I messed up and I'm gonna push through. That takes
0: a lot of That's work. Crazy. I'm gonna give one quick testimony of a, of a young lady who left, she she had a bad case, I'm not gonna say she relapsed, but she left her transition home for women about a, a certain amount of time, several months later, she came back and I told her, and now she's been here six months, she's doing better than ever and I told her, I said, here's the deal, are you aware that you cut your journey, sh- like you you cut two years out of your journey, and she asked me how that was. I said, because if you wouldn't have come back here, you could have gone to another rehab, but you, you wouldn't have come back here because of pride, and it would have probably taken you two years to get over that pride, but you just cut all that out. So, that's the. I love that you said that, it takes courage, but we know you can do it. We see people escape addiction every day, we see them in recovery. Is it going to be easy? No. But one of the things I'm telling a lot of the girls right now is stop telling me that hard equals impossible. Yeah. Hard doesn't equal impossible. It just takes courage and it takes action. Right. So we do thank you for listening to today's podcast. Uh, Remember, the world does not need another artificial copy. The world needs an original you. Go stand on your soapboxes and change the world. We'll see you next time.